What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Attention BetMGM customers. Have a friend who loves sports as much as you do? Here's a chance for both of you to earn a $50 bonus when they sign up through BetMGM's Refer-A-Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer-A-Friend program to send your friend a message inviting them to register a new account in the same state you use BetMGM in. Once your friend signs up and makes a deposit, they'll receive a $50 bonus. And once your friend places a bet with their bonus and the wager is settled, you'll receive a $50 bonus as well. Share the excitement and get a $50 bonus every time you refer a friend to BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Ohio only. New and existing customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire in 30 days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Introducing Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer. Blending the smooth, creamy nitro taste of Guinness with hints of coffee, chocolate, and caramel. Guinness Nitro Cold Brew Coffee Beer, your new favorite part of the day. Look for it where Guinness is sold. Must be 21 and over to purchase. Please enjoy responsibly. Diageo Beer Company, New York, New York. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.
Hi, folks. Welcome to another episode of Film Study. This is Ken McCusick here to talk about the 2020 Ravens tight end and another one of our tight ends in one of our another positional review uh, that we're going through. Ed Romeo, local message board uh, frequent flyer. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Pleasure to be on the show again. I love having you. Always a great football discussion. So, you know, the Ravens went through 2020, uh, started by giving themselves kind of a handicap on the on the entire season by trading Hayden Hurst. Is a move I think we can understand in terms of unstacking some of those 2018 contracts that were all coming through. Nine players from that draft for the Ravens, now starters in the NFL. And they couldn't pay them all. So getting a second round return on Hayden Hurst, what do you think about that at this point? I was at the time I was very in favor of it. Cause I was like, you should always be trying to build value looking at this year and the years uh, going forward. So I thought to get that pick was, a, I think, believe it was a second round pick number 55 overall. Right. And I think it ended up being JK Dobbins. So that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to not like that pick now, you know, having mm-hmm. J.K. Dobbins instead of Hurst for uh, now three more years instead of Hurst for, I guess it's one, no, well, one more year, one more year, that's yep. it. No, it would have been two because there would have been the the fifth year option, blah, blah, blah. But still, I think a pretty good deal for the Ravens to unstack those contracts. They still have a significant problem. And frankly, it's one of the reasons why Orlando Brown seems to be on the block right now is they don't really believe they're going to be able to pay him. And, uh, you know, with Jackson and uh, Andrews also coming due at the same time, it's a legitimate question is who do you pay? And we know Jackson's got one of those uh, seats in the musical chairs game. We're not sure who, who might be the other. Yep. And when it comes to or- Orlando Brown, I-, I see it in two ways. And I know we're getting all- off topic here. No, no, but please. Um, looking towards team building. I would, I'm in favor of trying to get as much value as you can because he's, he's almost elevated himself to the point where he could reasonably get left tackle dollars out there in the market. So if someone's willing to give up, you know, a decent amount of draft compensation, I mm-hmm. think it works out. Yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I think that, that one of the things you look at here is that you've got a left tackle that you're not util, able to utilize as a left tackle because you've got an even better one. Yep. The only sensible thing you can do in that sense is trade the player. And if you can realize full value for what he is and not disrupt the franchise in some way, which is a legitimate question for 2021, then I think it makes a lot of sense to to realize that left tackle value instead of right tackle and find another right tackle at a, at a lesser cost. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's talk tight ends here. Yeah, let's uh, do it. All right, you start us off. Start wherever you'd like. Um, I wanted to start off and give a shout out to to my boy uh, Jim Zipcode on the Russell Street Report. So he he actually put together th- some of these numbers, and uh, I, I wanted to start off by by talking about focusing on the Hayden Hurst trade and where that put us as far as tight end usage overall. Mm -hmm. So in 2019, um, the tight end usage was 42.5%. And that's across like all the personnel groupings and the 42.5% of targets of, of, um, yep. Of target uh, distribution went to them Mm -hmm. and the NFL average was 21%. So that, uh, so going from 42.5 in 2019, in 2020, it dropped down to 27.8%. And wow. I think and a, a large part of that 
was the trading of Hayden Hurst, but also the injury to Nick Boyle. Right. So I think, uh, I think those two factors um, really, and if, if you look at the passing game as a whole, I think that that decrease hurt the efficiency of the passing game because Lamar is actually very good when he's throwing to the tight ends, like across the board, I'm not sure how far we should get into the numbers, but across the board, let's just say that Lamar is, has a higher passer rating, um, better completion percentage throwing to in 2019, throwing to um, Hearst, Andrews and Boyle as compared to the people that try to fill in um, this year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I'd agree with that. And I think there might even be a little bit more to that. But the 13 personnel package just drove opposing defensive coordinators nuts last year. They didn't know how to match up against it in terms of trying to get linebackers in, trying to get extra defensive backs in. And the Ravens could make you be wrong in a lot of ways. It was very hard to be to guess right when you had Andrews, you had Hurst, you had Boyle. Mm-hmm. And each each one of those in their own right can all beat a linebacker. Andrews and Hurst can probably beat a safety. So, um, yeah. So it, it was it was it was a huge loss to start off that way. And I didn't even anticipate how big effect it would have because I was like, oh, we can lose Hurst, no problem. We'll have Boyle, and then we'll be fine. But um, in retrospect, looking back, I definitely think that that kind of hampered the passing game. Yeah, they definitely they did not start off the season with a second pass catching tight end on the roster. Now I'm not including Boyle in that in that group, and maybe that's not fair to a slight degree. But they kind of decided they could use three positions with Ricard and two tight ends, as opposed to four positions for game day activations at those spots. So that was a big change of philosophy, frankly, for the Ravens. Yeah, and and uh, I thought that they would fill in with kind of using the backs more and not, not like person for person. Like you wouldn't put like uh, you wouldn't line up Gus or Ingram in a three point stance, like stack next to the, on the line of scrimmage tight end. But I thought that they would funnel some of catches more towards the backs. And that kind of didn't happen. I, I felt like the, that was a missing element. Yeah, I mean, there's a a lot of teams throw a lot more to the running backs. The Ravens looking at it. Dobbins had 24 targets. Edwards, 13. Uh, Hill had five. So right there, that's only 42 targets. There's a fair number of NFL teams that have one running back with 42 catches. Yeah. So it's not that uncommon. So anyway, that's a very low number of targets, obviously, to go to your running backs. Yep. So uh, I guess uh, to, to start off enough with the guys that are gone, uh, we can start off with Andrews. And um, I figured Mark Andrews is a good place to start because I've I'm, I'm been looking at a whole bunch of different websites that have different info. And one that I like a lot right now is uh, Player Profiler. Mm-hmm. And um, Player Profiler has like great stats. Um, one of the stats that it has is target share. And then uh, looking at the target share for Mark Andrews, he was at, I want to get this number right, he was at 25.2% of the targets, which in which profiles like a number one uh, receiver. Mm-hmm. So uh, on our team, it was um, Andrews was at 252 and 
Marquise Brown was at, I think, 25.9. So if you look at it through that prism, you, you could say that Andrews is a number one receiving option. Um, so his production kind of fell off as far as the metrics go. And and when you look at the the Ravens passing game, I feel like when you're looking at the stats, you always have to consider how few attempts like oh, the, yeah. the Ravens put forth. So uh, like, I think a lot of people are, are fooled by, by, by volume. So they see like, Oh, he's not a thousand yard receiver or they have certain um, mileage markers as their criteria for what's good and what's bad. Mm-hmm. And in the Ravens passing game, you almost have to throw all those out the window and kind of look at different, different metrics that may be more indicative of where that player is. Yeah, so absolutely set the bar lower, reasonably speaking. So, uh, you know, if the, the, the reason the Ravens offense is so good and they were first in 2019 by a wide margin and ninth in 2020 in terms of points per drive, but yep. the Ravens natural tendency is to lengthen each drive that they have in terms of time and reduce the number of total drives for both teams in the game. And so that naturally means you're, you, you, you need efficiency. You need to move down the field and you need to score as much as you can on a per drive basis. But that doesn't mean you eat up tons of yards in the passing game. It usually means just the opposite, that you have relatively few passes and a lot of runs. Yeah. So, um, so, yeah, so his target share was uh, 24.9. And his... Uh, his target rate was 26.9. So he he's getting a healthy chunk of the passing game that gets funneled through him. His now, this is where it, it, it gets dicey for him because to me, he is one category that's, that's bad for him compared to like, let's say you want to compare the Kittles or a Kelsey. Mm -hmm. It's his catch rate. Mm -hmm. And, so his catch rate was uh, 65.2 last year. And if you compare that to guys like Kelsey and Kittles, they're in like the 71, 78 sometimes. And some of the other tight ends that have a smaller volume get up to the 80s and the and the 90s. And uh, his drops, depending on which site – you look at, they have different numbers. Uh, player profiler has them at three drops. I looked at the, I think it was NBC. They had them at four drops. And I think that's where PFF has them. So if you look at his drops in terms of percentage, though, that's 3.4. So it's, it's, it's decent. But if you want to compare them to the upper tight ends, that's a number that, you know, that we would look for to come down a bit. Right. That's a little bit high. And I, I have another source here. Pro Football Reference has him with seven drops last year, which was quite bad, and five drops this year. But we're still talking about in north of a 6% rate over that two-year period. Yeah. And it definitely is not tight end-like. Just to respond to the other thing you said, though, about, about his yards per uh, – sorry, his catch rate. I think Andrew's catch rate is slightly depressed by the fact that the Ravens throw down the field to him a lot. And not only that, he is the bailout option for Lamar. He's the guy that Lamar will throw the ball to even when he's not open for a lot of contested catch situations. And that guy always ends up with a lower catch rate. I was much more concerned about this last year than I am about this year. This year, last year, he only had a 60% catch rate after the first two games. Um, This year, back at 65%, I'm like, 
uh, it's okay. And the, the, what I really like about it is didn't throw a single interception the whole year throwing to Andrews where that was a problem the year before. Yeah. And, and speaking of the, uh, the, the catch rate some more is there was a, there was, I'm not sure if you've been, if you've been seeing this, there's been some YouTube videos and there was some guy on Twitter that was, he said that the Ravens had 7.5% of their passes dropped yes. and then he showed like a highlight reel. And then the highlight reel shows some of Andrew's drops. And then it had the opposite effect on me. Cause it's like, there's like three guys around him for like, for like, I think three or four of his drops. And I'm like, eh, you know, it's, it's not that bad. If, if you're surrounded by uh, two linebackers and a safety and it's, it's a tiny window and you don't make the catch. So I definitely agree with you when it comes to Lamar looks for Andrews and, you know, in circumstances where the stats will show that, Oh, like that was a, a drop or a incompletion, but, he's trying to make a play. And sometimes Andrews comes up with those plays. Like he jumps up high for the ball sometimes goes low for it sometimes. So he's a, he's a good, bad ball catcher. And like you point out when Lamar throws it to him, it doesn't get picked off. And I don't want to go too far on a tangent, but there are some receivers on the Ravens that could learn something from that. Yeah, there's some, there's a couple, couple problems there at, at wide receiver certainly. But I, yeah. I did, I, I messed that up. I just looked it up on Pro Football Reference. There was one intercepted ball that okay. was thrown his way this last year. But, but anyway, the, yeah. uh, I think the point's still valid. And and then if if you don't mind, you point out something that I think is is a hidden factor when looking at receivers in general and it's something that i've only found right now i've only found at this one website the player profiler site which is i, I use for fantasy like they help me win my my fantasy league so i'm kind of trying to keep them on them down low a bit but on player profiler they have stats for target accuracy and target quality and then the target accuracy stat it measures it's kind of like like in soccer, like it's, it's measuring the service that you receive as far as the, mm -hmm. the quality of passes that you get. And I think for, uh, for Andrews and for the Ravens in general, if you compare this year to um, last year, like across the board, there was um, a drop in the, the, the target accuracy. Mm -hmm. So that's uh, another factor to consider when looking at some of these receivers. All right. That's interesting. I'd have to look at that site. All right. So uh, the next one that I have, or is there anything more that you, you want to go up with? Um, I think you hit all the key points for Andrews for me. I, I, I'm, I'm very happy with him as a player. I think the Ravens are going to need to try and figure out how they keep him and Lamar together because that's a, that's a very important trust connection. Uh, and, you know, we'll move forward with that and that'll be a problem to deal with after 2021. Yep. So uh, the next and so and and then now here's where the tight end group gets kind of wonky because Hurst is gone, um, Boyle got hurt, but Boyle, um, he I think he's an underrated receiver. Um, I'm gonna focus right now. I'll go into his 2019 numbers. In in 2019, Boyle had uh, 321 yards, and his let me find this here. I got notes all over the place. I'm looking at it. What are you looking for? Uh, his his catch rate I have down here is uh, 
Sounds right from what I remember from last year. Let's see, 72.1. That's right, 82.4 this year. Yep. And uh, he was 31 for 43, and that's uh, 321 yards. So, um, you know, his, his, his drop rate is probably a little higher than you want to see for a tight end based on last year. Um, this year's numbers I don't have in front of me right now. But um, zero, zero drops, zero drops. There you go. So like he, he definitely uh, he's sure handed. But the thing, the only thing that was going against him this year was he just wasn't available. And that that the injury to him kind of it was horrible timing because we didn't have another tight end in the pipeline. And with Hurst, Hurst being gone. I think it really allowed defenses to focus the middle of the field coverage to Andrews as, as much as they wanted. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, Boyle, there really isn't, there aren't very many other players like him in the whole league. Kittle was, is a guy who kind of is a, is a better Nick Boyle. If you want to talk about that, he's every bit as good a blocker or very close to as good a blocker and obviously a better receiver, but uh, it's, you know, there's a reason why there was so much demand for Nick Boyle and, and why the Ravens were so excited about re-signing him a couple of years ago. And uh, I'm very excited they extended him. Oh, absolutely. Like, um, I feel like Boyle could have even helped out in the pass protection. Introducing the Lowe's List for Innovation. While our aisles are filled with innovative products, we've selected our favorites just for you. Like the exclusive Whirlpool washer with industry-first two-in-one removable agitator. We love this washer because you can customize any load. And with other smart features to streamline your laundry routine, this product is a must-have for families. Shop the full Lowe's list of top picks at Lowe's.com. Lowe's, home to any budget, home to any possibility. U.S. only. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package. But that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated. And right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. This year, because I mean, like he's 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 a type of tight end that can be trust that, that can be trusted to to block a defensive end one on one, and that's that's rare to find in a tight end. Yeah, great leak out ability too late. And we've seen that several times. We saw it on touchdown passes last year, one against Buffalo, one this year. And I forget the opponent was early in the season where he leaked out very late inside the 10 yard line and Lamar found him and at the two and, and, he, yep. and he scored. But that leak out ability is just another form of trust that's built up. You know, it's it's very important. It's just extremely important. The last guy I remember having that with the that the Ravens at this at kind of a similar level was Ovi Mahaley in the second half of 2006 with Steve McNair. Oh wow, he was a guy who really uh, all of a sudden he had he caught he caught something like two balls in his career up to the point where he caught that touchdown pass at Tennessee. That was the longest catch by a Ravens fullback in team history. And it was for many years until you check uh -huh. the record. But I, 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 that was pretty cool at the time because that second half of that season, they just went to him over and over and over again. Yeah, the fullback is the forgotten man. Yeah. So um, moving on from, from, from Boyle. And then now we, we, we get, we get into a place where we're looking at, um, Riker, which is really a fullback, 
who who would shift out to tight end often. So he's not like a a tight end by position. He's a tight end by usage sometimes. Mm-hmm. So um he he has very little downfield ability like as far as running routes and then you're not going to expect much from like a six foot two, six foot three, 300 pound man, as far as getting downfield. But his, his work in the, in pass protection, his work as a drive blocker. I mean, he has some of the most devastating blocks on linebackers that I've ever seen. So uh, he's definitely somebody that I think is an integral part of both the tight end group and the running back group, but he's not a good I just want to say the, the 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 playoff game. I thought he showed up in a in a big way. Obviously, the the one against Tennessee. They came yes. out after halftime. I think it was ten yep. ten tie, and he caught three passes on that long drive that took him down the field. He, he effectively he made that drive yep. uh, them throwing out, but they they went away from exactly what the Titans were. They took what the Titans were giving them. They yep. they they denied them what they'd taken away effectively in that first half. Yep. It's it's uh, I think the Titans were playing a bunch of uh, cover four off and just kind of like conceding the flat completely. Mm-hmm. And then like ha- hats off to Roman and in the third quarter he's like, well, we'll take it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and then which which makes me think about. Like going forward, imagine if we could put someone like Hurst, like a more explosive player, running those routes as opposed to and and granted he did a great job, but looking forward to the offense that's that's an area where a more explosive player could definitely help. Yeah, it's it 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 certainly is. I don't know if he's really on the roster. There's a couple guys on the practice squad, but what do you think about drafting another tight end? Is this a year where the, you think the Ravens will do it? I think the Yes, I think the Ravens, I'm not sure when they'll target one because the Ravens definitely try to find value. Mm -hmm. And then since it's going to be a second tight end, actually, since it's going to be a third tight end, they could really look to maximize within like the mid to even the late rounds. But Mm -hmm. being that they are best player available, I believe that if, 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 if if a tight end falls to them, like let's say their pick is like 27 this year. Mm-hmm. So let's say one of the top two tight ends falls to them. I don't think they're going to pass them up. I think, I think they'll, they'll pull the trigger. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, they certainly are a team of many needs, which is a good thing going into the draft. You don't want to have any one emergent need, which is way above the others. And if they traded Brown, they would have that at tackle. They would yep. need to get a tackle. But if they, if they don't trade anybody right now, they do have a needed edge that's kind of higher yep. than everything else they have, but it's not so emergently higher because they still have some guys they can sign. But having a tight end as one potential position means maybe you've got five positions or even six positions your draft pick could go to, which really puts you in a better position not to get fleeced by other GMs who are being predatory and saying, hey, Baltimore needs a tackle. You know, if you want to move up, go get this guy. Otherwise, I'm going to trade it to these other team who also needs a tackle. And, right. you know, you're going to get so. Yep. So, um, yeah, I, I could I could see them. But, you know, with the Costa, you never can count out anything because I'm, I'm sure not many expected him to go after Dobbins. So personally, I would love to see them target a tight end early because the more I've been looking back on the season, the more I feel like if, if, 
if we're trying to design an offense to maximize Lamar, I think getting him targets in the center, in the middle of the field, and even if Boyle comes back, if you, if you can put a more explosive player than Boyle in that role, I think that could make Lamar more comfortable and will take some of the pressure away from the outside, um, the deep and outside uh, areas that he's not hitting so well right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's if when you watch where the defense goes, it concedes ground to tight ends best of anybody. And the reason is that their short passing game, the play action passing game is all about baiting those linebackers. So there's a really good chance to get between level two and level three versus those linebackers. But also, if you look at the deep passing game, any time where the, the routes of Brown and Andrews were I won't say intersecting because that's the wrong word and it carries that connotation that goes with a lot of other things people have been saying this offseason. But wherever the safety is forced to make a choice between Brown or Andrews, they go after Brown. Yep. And that, that created opportunities for Andrews as well. So I, I just I, I love the tight end centric offense and the flexibility it's given Roman in particular. I'd love for I'd love to see them get another quality tight end. Mm-hmm. I'd also love to see that they have they find value they have on the roster in Breland or Wolf. Oh yeah. And and Breland is um He's on on the practice squad now. He was out of Oregon, I believe. And um, before he got hurt, people were talking about him as one of the upper level um, tight end prospects in 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 that year, coming out of college. And uh, I believe he broke his leg, missed the rest of that um, that that college season, and I think he opted out of this season, or he was on IR. So IR. So uh, Breland didn't play at all, but from a, from a, re- a receiving standpoint, he was um, pretty fluid, didn't do much in the way of blocking, but I feel like at his size, I think he's like 6'5", 250. I think with, with his size and the Ravens coaching staff, I think, I think the Ravens can get any tight end to be decent enough in blocking to be useful as a receiver. Yeah, I, I agree. And and what he needs more, what Bre- what they would need more from Breland having Boyle back would be a guy who can get to level two, level three and square up to make a block there. He doesn't have to make an inline block. And if they line him up, they likely lined up Hurst in 2019 yep. in the backfield. The, the primary goal was to get him into level two or level three to make a block on a run play. Yep. And, and that's, and speaking of that, uh, I think uh, it was the diamond. Um, it was like pistol. They would have the tight ends on each side and they have the back behind. And that formation and that personnel grouping, I think bringing that back would would do wonders for the offense because I, I think that formation and that personnel grouping, we lost a lot of deception. Yep. Among other things. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that, that was a big loss. I think it was some secret sauce the Ravens have. And I do think they'll try and bring it back. Although Roman may develop something completely different that, that may still involve the tight end mm-hmm. uh, this year that we haven't seen before. That's the great thing about uh, about being a Ravens fan right now is yep. he's extremely creative and, and continues to layer in new stuff. Yep. And and just uh, going off on a tangent about the different sets, I'm, I'm surprised how little like when it comes to 12 personnel, the it seems like Roman didn't do like the regular ace formation where you have a tight end on each side. 
So like mm-hmm. your line is balanced and it forces the defense to be unbalanced. Like they have to choose a side to, mm-hmm. to favor a, as a strength. And I always wanted to see that more, but this year wasn't the year to see it. Yeah. They, they really are a point of attack team. And that shows up in two ways. One is by the pulling players mm-hmm. and the other is by the extreme use of a fullback. Yep. So between those, between those two things, they're really looking to, um, pierce the defense at one or two spots with double teams and poles and otherwise force them to to overload to potentially go intent uh, yeah potentially go against that Mm -hmm. is you know you run you run a two-man pull from left to right that doesn't mean you're running to the right you could run it right up the middle with lamar you could run it left on a on a speed option whatever yeah um let's see so the remaining tight ends are didn't get much usage as far as uh um targets went it was uh eric tomlinson who who came on down the stretch uh i want to say like the last four or so games and he was useful as a blocker but didn't get too much as far as the receiving game I, I, if he had a target, I've forgotten it, but he might have had one. Let me just take, check quickly in terms of – yeah, Tomlinson had one target against Jacksonville and did not catch it, but he was a terrific blocking yeah. asset. Oh, my God, terrific blocking asset. And they were running the ball, you know, passing it, what, 18 times a game for those last five games against the somewhat weaker opponents and, yeah. and winning by – 20 and 30, no matter what it, it was, it was fun to watch him out of the double set at, at a shotgun and then watch him just square up like a, a safety or linebackers. It was nice to see. Mm-hmm. And um, so he'll be back. See a guy, the Ravens bring back. Obviously he's, he's, he's on the cusp and you have to kind of carry four tight ends. If you want to have another receiving threat and keep Tomlinson. I, I think it's going to be between Tomlinson and Breland and um, if they bring in a draft pick and judging by Breland's receiving skills, uh, I think Tomlin's going to have an uphill battle to make the squad. Okay. But you, you, you are saying that you think it'll be three tight ends plus Ricard, as opposed to two tight ends plus Ricard that they'll have on the active roster at least. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I'm going with three tight ends, plus Ricard because like I, I kind of consider him more as a fullback than I do in the tight end room. Sure. So. Yeah. All right. So uh, I, I guess the last guy we didn't talk about was Wilson and, and uh, the ex Seattle tight end who was here for a little bit of time. What, what kind of thoughts do you have about him? Uh, I thought Wilson would do more because I remember him in Seattle making some like clutch catches down down the stretch for uh, for that for those teams. So maybe just my memory of him made me expect more. But then he did get in here late in the game, and I'm sure it was like trying to get adjusted, moving here and uh, getting the playbook. And so uh, I, I think I remember uh, against Pittsburgh, he had uh, mm-hmm. kind of like a a skinny corner towards the back of the end zone that was just a little bit long. And if you could have pulled that in, that, that would have been huge, but just, yeah, that was at the end of the half where they, where they were, I think they might've even gone ahead if they, if they'd scored there, but it was, yep. uh, it was the COVID game. It, it, it was, it was a COVID game. Um, and they, they managed the, the clock horribly that and I remember, oh, it was, it was rough. <laughs> yeah. That was, that was terrible. Um, 
All right. So what else we need to talk about here? Um, I think we hit on some of these things we had on our list here remaining. Uh, we talked a little bit about the, about a tight end in the draft. Is there anything schematically that you'd like to see different about the way they use tight ends in 2021? Um, I would love to see some of the sets that we talked about coming back, like the diamond set with the, mm-hmm. the tight ends on each side of Lamar in the backfield. And um, I, I, I really want them to get a receiving option, even, even if it means Boyle just gets m- more targets. But I would really like to see another receiving option in the middle of the field and I don't want to go too deep into the numbers, but the numbers are quite uh, stark. If, if you compare like the missing targets that went away with, with Hurst and Boyle being hurt, and if you look at those targets being used towards tight end group and towards the receiver group, we get way much, we get way better efficiency going through the, going through the tight ends than we do going through the receiving group. Yeah, it's interesting, too, because that aligns with when Boyle got hurt. Well, not really. Boyle's first three games when they hurt, I think they lost, and then they won their last five and and uh, had great efficiency with very limited total number of passes. But, yep. yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think another t- receiving tight end would do wonders for this team in yep. terms of just having uh, more options to take advantage of defenses that are conceding the entire field to tight ends. Yep. And – and uh and I think adding a tight end gives Greg some schematic flexibility. And it's like, I think it's what they want to do. I think Harbaugh, Michigan, Schembechler, tight ends, like I think that's going to make them, they want to line up and just pound the ball. And that's going to help toward that end and add some receiving along the way. And I think it's going to get Lamar more comfortable. I, I feel like throwing the tight ends, will kind of boost his efficiency back up in the area where he's not where he's more comfortable than throwing outside. Yeah. Well, hopefully also he, he gets more comfortable throwing outside. And I, I, I don't know where he'll come out of this off season, but I'm really looking forward to seeing that. Oh, yeah. Ed, we love having you on as always. Appreciate you coming on. We're going to have you back on for at least one draft show. We'll talk about that a little bit after we get off air here. All right. but, Sounds uh, good. Thanks again, my friend. Uh, give people your Twitter handle, anything else you want to plug about things you've written or things you want to talk about on Twitter or whatever it might be. Um, right now, I'm, I'm getting back into the flow. I had like a, a long break away from watching games and stuff. But um, I'm uh, Ed Romeo at K Brizzles on Twitter. Uh, uh, K-B-R-I-Z-Z-L-E-S and I need to be more active on Twitter you, you're always telling me but I, I, I will step up my, my game on Twitter and uh, right now I'm on Russell Street um, forum I post there a lot and going towards the future having more time to do this I hope to do more projects with you and kind of branch off I'm sure we'll have lots of opportunities off season. Got lots to talk about. We'll, we'll get right to that after we get off air for other people out there who want to be on a film study short, whether you'd like to maybe talk about the draft. We have a really interesting pod coming out on Isaiah Wilson, who is a, it, it actually probably will already be out uh, with, with Mike Herndon who covers the the Titans, but an interesting reclamation project that could potentially fit the Ravens uh, at the right price. Uh, but if you've got a passionate, your a topic you're passionate about, please just, just send me about three bullet points on it. Usually by email is best. 
uh, at filmstudy21 at verizon.net. Uh, sorry, filmstudy21 at verizon.net. Or you can send it to me at filmstudyravens on Twitter. Uh, focus topic, 15, 20 minute discussion is exactly what we're looking for. And we'll be sure to get you on really quick. Uh, Ed, thanks again for joining us. Oh, my pleasure. We'll talk to you next time on Film Study. At Lowe's, we're your go-to for great gardening values every day. That's why we've lowered our price on select bagged mulch, now starting at just $2.88 a bag. Mulch helps prevent weeds and retains moisture. And when you put it down around trees, shrubs, and flower beds, you'll see how beautiful it makes your outdoor space. Just in time to welcome back family and friends. Shop online and pick up in-store. Lowe's, home to the best part of summer. Selection and product availability vary by location. While supplies last, U.S. only. Excludes Alaska and Hawaii. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.